like you to turn your Bibles to uh, Isaiah chapter 60, if you would. Isaiah chapter 60. The uh, last, the first three verses of Isaiah chapter 60 are are verses that uh, the Lord has ministered to us many times. And uh, I'd just like to uh, put them on for you uh, for a moment here. Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 through 3. Scripture reads like this, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth. We live in a day when darkness covers the earth. Is that right? And then it says, Darkness covers the earth, and deep darkness the people. Deep darkness covers our world today. There's lots of deep darkness, very dark. If you ever turn on the news, if you ever read a newspaper, if you ever walk down the street, you know there's lots of darkness. But the scripture says, but the Lord will rise upon you. I want you to say that with me. The Lord will rise upon you. Does it say that? Let's do it once more. The Lord will rise upon you. And then the scripture says, and his glory will appear upon you. Now, this was written 2,700 years ago. Right? That, that's quite a while. Isaiah said, The glory of the Lord will rise upon you, and His glory will appear upon you. That was written 2,700 years ago. Now, there were people in those days that believed that was true of them, that the glory of God was rising upon them. But if it didn't happen then, maybe it happened 100 years later, or 200 years later, or 500 years later. Well, beloved, we're at the end of the book. Amen? Anybody hear me? We're at the end of the book. So if, if the glory of God hasn't risen for the 20, last 2,700 years, let's just say for a moment, then it's got to happen by the end of the book. Amen? That means that if it hasn't been true, you understand what I'm saying? hasn't been true to now, it's really true now, because we're at the end of the book. It's got to happen by the end of the book. Okay? Let's go on to verse 3. Nations will come to your light even and kings to the brightness of your rising. So I want you to bear these thoughts in mind, and bear these scriptures in mind. When the scripture says, the glory of the Lord is upon you. That doesn't, doesn't mean necessarily Mr. Putin, right? Or somebody else. It means you. When the scripture says you, it's believers in Jesus, right? That's what it means. It means us. The glory of the Lord. And so I want you to believe that. Now some of you will choke over that a little bit. Say, who, me? Well, you hang on. This morning we have a special guest, actually, to minister to us. Um, This last summer, uh, a number of our gang, Doug and Sandra and Cam and Candace and Denise, particularly attended a Kenneth Copeland Believers Convention in Dallas-Fort Worth. And they just came home, as they commonly do, with fresh fire and fresh grace in their lives. And uh, this morning, we're going to hear from Jerry Savell. One of the messages that uh, Brother Savell preached was about the glory of God. And so I, I uh, you know, I could preach it, or I could get Doug to preach it, or Cam. We could do that. But I have chosen for us to do it right, to get it right from the horse's mouth. Uh, so this morning, as, as, uh, uh, as you sit, I, I just encourage you to say, I'm going to hear this. I'm going to be, uh, my life is going to be affected by the word of God today. Amen? That's why we're here. That our lives would be affected by the Word of God. And that we would come into a place of greater uh, experience of the grace of God. So I believe we're ready to go. Mandy, Dan, are we ready? Praise Jesus. Let's go. 
We get these lights all off, yes? Wonderful. Praise God. I don't know whose note that is. That's Bill? Well, shoot, I'm going to keep it then. (laughs) You've been borrowing my notes, I'm going to borrow yours. (laughs) Hallelujah. Good evening, everybody. Give the Lord a good shout of praise. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. The Lord is good. Let's, let's uh, pray one more time as we prepare to get in the Word. I have something very important to share with you tonight, and I want you to hear it and join your faith with mine. I believe it is a prophetic word from the Lord, and I believe we have an assignment here tonight. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your Word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We give you praise for what you are about to to do in our lives. We thank you for what you've already done, but we know there's so much more in store. I thank you for giving me utterance in the Holy Ghost to speak boldly as I ought to speak. I thank you, Father, that I'm the healed. I thank you that I am the redeemed. And I'll not be hindered in any way in delivering this word in Jesus' name. And I thank you for it. If you agree, say amen. Amen. Open your Bibles, first of all, tonight to the book of Genesis, chapter 1. Oh, listen, before before I go any further, let me have all my family stand up over here. Uh, My wife, Carol, and I will be celebrating in a few days 48 years of marriage. Carolyn, stand up. My oldest daughter, Jerry Ann. And uh, she's got all of her children over here, our grandchildren, her husband, Caleb. And then uh, the gentleman sitting next to Carolyn, uh, that's Medlark, my son. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Stand up, Medlark. Amen. Praise God. Medlark was having some uh, surgery not too long ago, and... So I flew out there to be with him. And when I walked in, he was in the bed there in the hospital, and the doctor was standing there. And I walked in, and Medlark went, Dad! (laughs) And the doctor turned around and said, Dad? (laughs) I said, yeah, and I taught him how to play basketball, too. (laughs) He said, y'all do look alike. Genesis chapter 1, Could uh, I have some water real handy. Can we have it right here and have it open and ready to go? Thank you, Tony. And I, that's my other son right there. <laughs> Amen, that's Tony. Genesis chapter 1, and I want us to look at verse 1 and verse 2 and verse 3. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, Let there be light, and there was light. 
Notice how it seems that the Holy Spirit is just waiting for God to say something. He was moving upon the water. The Amplified Bible says that he was hovering over the face of the waters. Hovering means moving to and fro. It also means to linger. And the word linger means to remain present, but to proceed slowly. To remain present and proceed slowly. So the Holy Spirit is hovering over the waters, waiting, waiting. What's he waiting for? He's waiting for God to say something. And the moment God said, let there be, the Holy Spirit went into action. And of course, 16 billion miles of universe was created. God said, the Holy Ghost moved. He went into action. He was just waiting for the spoken word. Which tells me that the spoken word has an assignment. The spoken word has an assignment. And once it is spoken, the Holy Spirit goes into action. Not only him, but the Bible says the angels do as well. In Psalm 103, verse 20 and verse 21. It says, Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Notice the angels too are hearkening to the voice of God's word. The message translation says, They're ready and they're able at his bidding, quick to hear and to do what he says. So both the Holy Spirit and the angels are always listening for God's Word. And once they hear it, then that is their cue to take action. That's why the Bible says in Isaiah 55, 11, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sin it. Everybody said, will not return void. The message translation says, speaking of God's word, they'll do the work I sent them to do. They'll complete the assignment that I gave them. The spoken word of God has an assignment. Now, God spoke and created the earth. We know he created man and woman. He said, I'll create them in my image. He gave them dominion and authority, and you know the story. And then when they committed high treason against him, God said something to the serpent before he ever left the garden. It's found in Genesis chapter 3. Would you go there? Genesis chapter 3. And verse 15. I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed and it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Notice God's already got a plan of redemption. 
He's already planning how that he can redeem mankind and put man back in that position of authority and dominion like he had originally intended for him to be. And so he speaks over the serpent and says, I will put enmity between her seed and your seed. And her seed will bruise your head. We all know that childbirth is never referred to as the seed of woman, but as the seed of man. So right here in Genesis 3, God is speaking prophetically of the virgin birth. The virgin birth. And then from that point, he raised up prophets that would speak words into the earth, into the atmosphere, waiting for the right time for the word to be made flesh and Jesus come into the earth. But notice from the moment he spoke, verse 15, Genesis 3, the Holy Spirit and the angels were ready to bring it to pass. However, it wasn't yet time. I love that phrase, in the fullness of time. But nevertheless, the Holy Spirit and the angels were ready. And they began moving to bring, eventually bring those words to pass. God would raise up prophets like Isaiah. And Isaiah began saying in chapter 7, verse 14, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Every one of the prophetic words that Isaiah gave were in reference to the same person that God was speaking about in Genesis 3.15. Notice, God just keeps raising up the prophets, and they just keep speaking his word. Why? Because this is God's pattern. When he gets ready to do something in the earth, he speaks it, someone hears it, and they decree it, and the Holy Ghost acts on it. Can you say amen? That's the pattern of God. When he's ready to do something new in the earth. In fact, Amos chapter 3 verse 7 says, God does nothing except he first reveal it to his servants, the prophets. So the prophet is a very important uh, ministry or a, 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 an instrument, you might say, because the prophet's position is to hear what God is saying and become the mouthpiece for God, speaking what he hears into the atmosphere. And once he does, the Holy Spirit and the angels are ready to go into action and to eventually, in God's time, bring those words to pass. But keep in mind that that's the pattern of God. When he's ready to do something new, he must have listeners. He must have people that are in tune. Are you with me? Amen. He doesn't just do anything. He's God. He could, but he chose not to do it that way. He said, I do nothing except I reveal it. And once I reveal it, their responsibility is to decree it. And once they decree it, the Holy Ghost and the angels 
will go into action to bring it to pass. Hallelujah. Amen. That's the story, or that's how uh, we got the story of redemption, is God spoke words. And he kept speaking them down through the ages. In fact, David, uh, David saw the, the crucifixion of Christ a thousand years before it ever happened and was writing about it in his Psalms. And what was he doing when he was writing about it? And actually, those were, those were songs, and, and he was singing about it. He was singing about the crucifixion of Jesus a thousand years before it happened. Now, I think it's interesting that, you know, the devil really didn't know who this seed was. He had no idea who the seed was. You know, it, it could have been Abraham. I mean, there were supernatural things happening in Abraham's life that could have indicated to the devil that maybe it's Abraham. Maybe he's the seed that's going to bust my head. But it wasn't Abraham. You know, he thought it was Samson. I mean, this man can kill a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. Don't you know Satan's thinking? Surely he's the seed that's going to bust my head. But he had to watch Samson die with his enemies. Maybe it's Elijah. Maybe it's Elijah. Maybe it's David. I mean, this guy's ripping lions and bears apart. Killing Goliath, the champion of the Philistines. Satan's thinking, maybe it's David. But all these men die. Of course, Elijah's taken up in a whirlwind. And, and Satan has no idea who it is. But every once in a while... God will raise up a prophet and he speaks some more words concerning this redeemer who was coming just to keep the devil on edge. Amen. And then the Bible says there was no prophet in the land and there was silence. Nobody's talking about it anymore. Zechariah, he's already, you know, prophesied about this redeemer that was coming. He prophesied it quite a bit in his writings. But now there's no prophet. No one's saying anything about it. I love the way God operates. You know, the Bible says, had the princes of this world known, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. I like to say, Satan fell for the plan, hook, line, and sinker. That's what we say in the South. Don't you know when there was no prophet speaking, Satan thought God forgot? I won. Nothing's happening. Nobody's talking about it anymore. Looks like I've won this thing. But then this wild man comes along and dares to say about himself, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, John the Baptist. And his message was, he's coming. <laughs> he's coming. The fullness of time is almost here. He's coming. And now Satan's on alert again. And of course, we know the story of Jesus' birth and how the angel announced to Mary how this was going to take place. And even in the natural, it was impossible. She said, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angels, the Holy Spirit went to work and the word was made flesh. And Jesus came into the earth and did what his assignment was.
and that was to redeem mankind. But notice once again, there was a pattern. Jesus came in the earth the same way God created the heaven and the earth. God said, and it came to pass. God spoke about the Redeemer, and it eventually came to pass. Now my point in saying all that is this. I want you to go to Isaiah chapter 42. Isaiah chapter 42. In verse 18, God says, Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Another translation says it this way. Forget all of that. It is nothing compared to what I'm, I'm going to do. Forget all of that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. He said, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? In Isaiah 43, he says the same thing. And he says, And shall I not tell thee of it before it comes to pass? Once again, the pattern. God gets ready to do something new. And what he needs then is listeners. Someone who will hear what he's saying and then begin to decree it. So God says here, I'm ready to do something new. But then he tells us in um, verse 18 of chapter 42, Hear ye deaf, and look ye blind, that ye may see. Who is blind but my servant? Or deaf as my messenger that I sent? Who is blind as he that is perfect? and blind as the Lord's servant, seeing many things, but thou observest not, opening the ears, but he heareth not. What is he saying here? I'm ready to do something new, but I've got a problem. My servants are spiritually deaf, they're spiritually blind, they're insensitive to my voice, they don't hear what I'm saying, they don't see what I want to do, and therefore nobody is decreeing. And that literally ties the hands of God. Amen. He said, I'm, I'm ready to do something new, but I've got a problem. My servants are spiritually blind. They're spiritually deaf. They're not hearing what I want them to hear. They're not seeing what I want them to see. And look at verse 22. He says, but this is a people robbed and spoiled. They are all of them snared in holes. They are hid in prison houses. They are for a prey, and none delivereth for a spoil, and none saith restore. Now apparently this new thing that God wanted to do was to bring restoration to his people. But he's got a problem. His servants can't hear it. So they're not decreeing it. No one is saying restore. And as a result, the people are robbed. The people are spoiled. The people are, I like to say it this way, living beneath their privileges. They're not enjoying God's best. Anybody want God's best? Yes. Look at your neighbor and say, we need hearers in the land today. 
We need people that can hear the voice of God. Would you agree? And then notice verse 23. God says, Who among you will give ear to this? And who will hearken and hear for the time to come? What's God saying? I need listeners. I need people that are in tune with my voice. They're hearing what I want to do. They're seeing what I want to do. And therefore they become a voice and they begin to decree and charge the atmosphere with what I want to do so the Holy Spirit and the angels can go into action and bring it to pass. Can you say amen? amen. Right here on this stage, right there, in 1991, on a Thursday night just like tonight, Brother Copeland turned the service to me and he started to walk off the platform. He turned around. He came back and said, Wait a minute, Jerry. This, the, the voice of the Lord's come to me. And here's what he said. This is an excerpt from it. God is moving you into a new dimension of ministry today. He's adding to your life and ministry the office of the seer. He will begin to show you in the spirit things to come and then hold you responsible for sharing them with the body of Christ wherever you go. And so, you know, even though I may not at that moment fully understood what all that involved, uh, my, my practice is when Brother Copeland or anybody else that I respect, that I know hears the voice of God, prophesies over me, the next thing come out of my mouth is, I receive that. I'll receive it by faith. And then I'll pray over it, meditate on it, and do whatever it requires me to do to to begin to function in that. So I just turned to him and I said, I received that. The next month, I was out in California and Brother Hagen was in Riverside, California. And I'd been preaching all over Southern California. I had one night off for Saturday night, so I was going to go hear Brother Hagen. And I was driving from Los Angeles over Riverside. I've done that many times. I, I knew about what it would, how long it would take to get over there and thought I'd given myself enough time, but it was just one of those crazy nights where the traffic was just almost at a stall. And as it turned out, I arrived in Riverside an hour and a half after the service had already begun. And I'm thinking, you know, I've missed half the service, or I could have missed it all. I didn't know what was happening in there. But I parked my car, <clears throat> and I walked in and noticed that Excuse me. Uh, they were still singing. The, the praise and worship team was still singing. Brother Hagen was sitting on the platform. And when I walked in, he said, You can stop now. He's here. <laughs> he said, Brother Jerry, the Lord told me you'd be here today or tonight. And I have a word for you. Would you please come up here? So I walked up to the platform. Brother Hagen laid his hands on me. And just an excerpt from what he said, Brother Jerry, God's adding new giftings and anointings to your ministry. And it's now time for you to move into them, move up into this new anointing, and then move out with it so that you can bless uh, the body of Christ wherever you go. Almost exactly the same thing as Brother Copeland said. That was, this was in uh, uh, August of 91 with Brother Copeland. That was September of 91 with Brother Hagen. 
One year later, July 1992, I'm in a meeting with Brother Oral Roberts. And uh, after the meeting, he went to his home. I flew back to Fort Worth. And in a couple of days, I got a letter, a handwritten letter from Brother Roberts, four pages long. And this is an excerpt from it. Jerry, as I listen to you speak this week, I saw a new anointing on you, and it was a prophetic anointing. And I encourage you to continue to preach prophetically every time you preach. So my three spiritual fathers, my three primary mentors since I've been in the ministry, Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagan, and Oral Roberts all saw the same thing. And so I, you know, began accepting that and believing God for that anointing that went along with it. And since that time, I've seen many things in the Spirit, things coming that I have preached about all over the world, and many of those things have impacted people literally all over the world. In fact, I had a couple in my office not too long ago, and they said, Brother Jerry, we were there in August of 91 when Brother Copeland prophesied that over you, and we wait every year to what you decree the Lord has shown you about the coming new year, and we just want you to know it's come to pass in our life ever since 1991. It's come to pass in my life. I get testimonies from people all over the world where it comes to pass. Now, I'm not saying that to, to build me up. What I'm saying is uh, I have a word from the Lord. I've seen something coming. And I'm just going to flow in that anointing that goes with the office of the seer. Amen. In October of this past year, I was actually going to Matt Gober's to do his eight days of glory meeting along with some other speakers. And on the way there, the Lord kept talking to me about this new wave of glory that's coming. This new wave of glory that's coming. Brother Copeland mentioned it just a few moments ago. How many of you sense something big is on the horizon? And, and he said it like this. He said, don't ever stop celebrating what I've already done. But now expect even greater and it will come. He said, a new wave of my glory is what shall be seen. For this is my plan for 2014. And so from that moment, as a seer, the next thing I'm responsible for doing is decree it. To begin to charge the atmosphere with it. And then the Lord said this, everywhere you go, you decree and you have the people there decree that a new wave of my glory is coming. A new wave of my glory is coming. Tricia Sal heard me talk about this shortly after I received it from the Lord. And, and I preached about it, uh, you know, pretty extensively that night. And she said, Brother Jerry, have you read Brother Hagin's book, uh, Tongues Beyond the Upper Room, recently? I said, well, I read it, uh, but not recently. She said, you ought to read it again because it's what Brother Hagin saw in one of his last visitations from the Lord. I've got a few excerpts from it I want to read to you. Why don't you listen to what Brother Hagin said? 
the Lord visited him and said, a new wave is coming and I will visit every hungry heart. Look at your neighbor and say, well, if I wasn't hungry, I'm going to get hungry right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. A new wave is coming and I will visit every hungry heart. And then he's, and I'm, I'm taking excerpts. There was much more than this. He said, we've seen the power of the Holy Ghost in a limited way. But this new wave will bring a far greater measure than we've seen before. It will be the wave that sweeps us up right into the shores of the glory world. Hallelujah. I love that. Let me read it again. I'm going to. Go ahead and nod your head. A new wave is coming. Everybody shout, a new wave is coming. And the Lord said to Brother Hagin, and I will visit every hungry heart. Look at your neighbor and say, get hungry, get hungry. Jesus said, those who hunger and thirst, they will be filled. Hallelujah. I don't know about you. I've been in this, uh, this, this past February, Mark, 45 years. And I am not going to miss out on this new wave. Amen. This is what we've been preaching about. This is what we've been praying about. This is what we've been waiting for. This is what's been prophesied about. I am not missing it. Anybody going for it? He will visit every hungry heart. Once again, he said, we've seen the power of the Holy Ghost in a limited way. But this new wave will bring a far greater measure than we've seen before. It will be the wave that sweeps us right into the shores of the glory world. Hallelujah. Everybody shout, a new wave of glory is coming. And then the Lord began to show me some things here that that I have endeavored to do wherever I've preached this year, talking about this new wave. He said, I want you to have the people where you preach begin to declare my glory. Why? Because that's God's pattern. Before he does something, someone's got to hear it. Someone's got to decree it. And then the Holy Ghost goes into action. Now, let me say this to you. We're not totally dependent upon the prophets only or the seers only anymore. Because John 16 says, when the Spirit of God comes into a person's life, will not only lead and guide them into all truth, but will show them things to come. You need to become the seer in your house. You need to become the prophet of your house. Amen. Hearing what God is saying and decreeing it. Decreeing it. Uh, a, a man that used to work for me a few years ago, uh, he asked one time, it was, it was my pilot actually, and he asked if he could bring one of his daughters on the meetings 
with us that particular tour. I said, sure. So he brought her, and he and her were sitting on the front row while I was preaching. And she, he tells me about this later. He said, she said to him, Daddy, do we believe all this that Brother Jerry's preaching? Is this the way we believe? He said, well, sure, sweetheart. This way I believe. You know, I, I've learned this from Brother Jerry and Brother Copeland and others. And she said, well, Daddy, if we believe this, why aren't we doing it? And boy, it hit him. And I was, I was preaching from Isaiah 42 and Isaiah 43 about restoration. And no one saith restore. And, and I'm talking about how God does nothing except it's revealed first and then someone begins to decree it. And they needed major restoration in their lives. And she said, well, Daddy, <clears throat> if we really believe this, then why aren't we doing this? He said, sweetheart, you're right. As soon as we get back home, we're going to start doing this. Well, she was a cheerleader at the high school she went to. And he said, well, since you're a cheerleader, I'm appointing you to be the one to lead us every morning speaking the word of God over our family. Boy, every morning she got up, the whole family got up, and she went at it, man, just like she was at a pep rally and got them all speaking the word of God. Give me an R, give me an S, a T, O, R, E, what's his power? Restore! You know, and man, she had them doing it every morning. And then one day I got a call from him. He said, you know what today is? I said, no. He said, I've been with you one year now. And he said, if you'd have done a background check on me, you probably wouldn't have hired me. I said, why? He said, well, I was so deep in debt. He said, I owed over $100,000 to American Express alone. I said, you got a card that you can charge $100,000 on? I didn't know there was such a card. And don't need it either. <laughs> he said, I owed American Express over $100,000. He said, I was making a whole lot more money where I was working before I came to work with you. But you told me that if I would listen to what you preach and do it, that God will bless you beyond what you were making with that other company. Making a less salary. And I paid him good, real good. And he said, I've been with you one year today. And he said, I just want you to know that our family began to decree the word of God like you taught us. And today, we're totally out of debt. We paid our house off. We paid our cars off. We owe no man nothing but love. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, that could have happened long before that. <laughs> but no one was saying. Is anybody talking a word at your house? Is anybody speaking what God wants to do at your house? Now, once again, he said, have people declare my glory everywhere you go. So I began to study that. I found some scripture. First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 24. If you want to turn there, First Chronicles 16, 24. <clears throat> declare his glory among the heathen his marvelous works 
among all nations. Declare his glory among the heathen. Psalm 19 verse 1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. So heaven's talking about it. Heaven's declaring the glory of God. And here he says in 1 Chronicles 16, 24, Declare his glory. Psalm 96, 3, Declare his glory among the heathen and his wonders among all people. Jeremiah 31, verse 10 says, Hear the word of the Lord, O ye nations, and declare it. Hear the word of the Lord, O ye nations, and declare it. Jeremiah 50 and verse 2 says, from the message translation, get the word out to the nations. Go public with this. Broadcast it far and wide. What? The word of the Lord. Amen. I did a study on the glory of God. Because if he said a new wave of my glory is coming, get people decreeing and declaring his glory. So I did a fresh study on the glory of God. Particularly from Exodus 32, 33, and 34. Where Moses said to God, show me your glory. And I discovered three major characteristics of the glory of God. I want you to write them down. Because you need to be decreeing this back home. Three major characteristics of the glory of God. Number one, it is the manifested presence of God. When you talk about the glory of God, you're talking about the manifested presence of God. Number two, it is the manifested power of God. The manifested power of God. And then number three, it's the manifested goodness of God. In Exodus 32, 33, and 34, where the main subject here is show me your glory, God talked about his presence, he talked about his power, and he talked about his goodness. When Moses said, show me your glory, he said, I'll cause all my goodness to pass before you. He didn't ask to see the goodness of God. He said, I want to see your glory. God said, I'll show you all my goodness. And then two verses later, he says, and when my glory passes by. So in the mind of God, when you're talking about his glory, you're talking about his presence, manifested presence, manifested power, and manifested goodness. In other words, it's tangible. Hallelujah. If there's any one thing our world needs today, it's the manifested presence, power, and goodness of God. Preachers, I have a report for you. We are not going to change this crazy world that we live in today by preaching good sermons only. If that was true, we'd already changed it. If, if that's all it took was just preaching good sermons. Because dear God, we, I mean, if for 33 years now, good sermons have been coming out of this place with all these wonderful speakers. We're not going to win this crazy world with just the preaching of good sermons. That is part of it. But if we're going to win, win this world, there have got to be greater manifestations of His presence, His power, and His goodness. 
This world has got to see the presence of God. They've got to witness the power of God. And Romans says when they see the goodness of God, it leads to repentance. But what are we doing when we declare His glory? We are declaring His presence, His power, and His goodness. Every time you get up and say, I declare His glory. I declare His glory. You're declaring the manifested presence, the manifested power, and the manifested goodness of God. Hallelujah. What do you suppose would happen in our earth today, our world, even our country, if we could get all the body of Christ declaring His glory? And notice, he didn't say, declare my glory within the four walls of the church. He said, declare it unto the heathen. I just came from Canada, Ontario, Canada, before coming here on our Chariots of Light motorcycle tour. We did 1,200 miles across Ontario, Canada, preaching in different cities every night. And that's what I was having the people do. And in one particular city, when I got there, they told me that um, uh, a man who owned five Christian radio stations was in the audience. And he had linked up to all of his stations so that what I preached that night would go out live on all of those radio stations. Now, he didn't know that I was going to preach, declare his glory. He just knew the Lord told him to hook up where every radio station he owned was going to hear that message live. He was going to go across uh, whatever coverage he had, which was broad, and he was going to go out live. Now, I thought, well, isn't that interesting? But before I got to the meeting that night, I'm preparing and, and uh, praying in the Holy Ghost in my room, and I stood up in front of my window looking out over that city that I was preaching in and I just lifted both hands and I began to say, I declare His glory. I declare His glory. I declare His glory over this city, over this nation, over North America. Hallelujah. I declare His glory. And I just kept doing it. I declare His glory. When I got outside to join our team, to pray, and then we're going to ride to the meeting. They were already gathered up in a circle praying. I walked out, and I hadn't walked out of my hotel 15 steps. And this man going down the street just walks right up to me and says, now I got on, I got motorcycle attire on. I got a, a, a leather vest on with chariots of light. He don't know me from Adam. He just walks straight up to me doesn't ask for anything. He just says, I'm dying of a heart attack. And I said, well, then you're in the right place. He said, why? I said, because I am a minister of the gospel. I'm a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I declare his glory over you right now. Man, he lifted his hands. I said, are you a believer? He said, no, but I'll tell you one thing. My mama's in heaven. 
I had never had much for God, but my mama's in heaven. I said, well, then she's a praying mama and her prayers are being answered right now. Laid my hands on him. He got born again, filled with the Holy Ghost right there. I said, are you staying in this hotel? He said, no, I'll just live a block down the road. But for some reason, I just decided to come walk past this hotel. And the glory of God came on him. Our team, I came back to prepare for this meeting and our team went on to a secular motorcycle rally they were having there. I'm talking about non-believers, thousands and thousands of bikers and the glory of God hit that place and in less than a week, five days, over 1,300 decisions for Christ. Amen. What happened? We were declaring His glory. And they kept reporting back to me, Brother Jerry, we've never seen it easier to witness to people. We've never seen it easier to get people healed, get people saved, get people filled with the Holy Ghost. They said, Brother Jerry, we're on to something. We're going to start declaring His glory every rally we go to. We send them to Sturgis. We send them to Daytona. We send them to Myrtle Beach. And I believe we're on to something, people, if we'll begin to declare His glory over our cities, over our nation, over our world. Hallelujah. God wants this new wave here. And He's waiting on you and I to decree it. And if we'll decree it, the Holy Ghost and the angels will go into action and make it happen. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a good shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're declaring His glory, praise God. Hallelujah. Look at Psalm 85 for a moment. I'll tell you, we're going to see a new stirring among ministers. And I'm not talking about 20 years down the road. Before this year is up, there's going to be a bunch of preachers top playing church. They're going to become a lot of preachers dissatisfied with just playing church and they're going to get hungry. And God promised I will visit every hungry heart. Hallelujah. Psalm 85. Look at verse 8. I will hear what God the Lord will speak for he will speak peace unto his people and to his saints but let them not turn again to folly. Surely his salvation is nigh them that fear him that glory may dwell in our land. That glory may dwell in our land. I will hear what the Lord God will speak. That glory may dwell in our land. If you and I hear what the word of the Lord is, and I believe... I'm giving you the word of the Lord. And I'm certainly not the only one. I am a voice. I'm not the voice, but I am a voice. And others have picked up on this as well. I mean, I hear the various ones in this meeting this week talking about it. Folks, we're on to something. We're on to something big. That's right. 
George and Terry Pearsons and Carol and I, we've been talking about it and, and, and we're excited about it. We, we've determined we're not going to miss this. It's not going to be church as usual. We're inviting the Holy Ghost to take charge, hallelujah. And we're going to declare over every service His glory, His manifested presence, His manifested power, His manifested goodness, hallelujah. What do you suppose would happen in our services if the presence, power, and goodness of God all showed up at the same time? Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to declare His glory. Can you say amen? Glory to God. I will hear what the Lord God will say. I'll speak it. That glory may dwell in our land. Can you say amen? amen? Praise God. In Psalm 91, verse 2 and 3, and I'm just going to take a portion of that psalm. You know it. And it says, the psalmist said, I will say, and surely he will. I will say, of the Lord, he is my refuge, and so forth. And surely he will. Notice this divine connection. I talk, God does. I speak, God does. What am I speaking? I'm speaking his word. I'm not just saying a bunch of stuff. I'm speaking his word. I will say, and surely God will. Jesus said in the 11th chapter of Mark, <clears throat> verse 23, that whosoever shall say, and you know the rest of it, and he shall have whatsoever he saith, if he believes and doubts not. Notice this connection again. I speak, God will. I want to challenge everybody in this convention tonight. Wherever you might live, take this home with you. Pastors, I challenge you to get up in front of your congregation and have them declaring his glory. Declaring his glory. And tell them what it means. When we declare his glory this morning, we are declaring the manifested presence, the manifested power, and the manifested goodness of God. Amen. Over our service, over our city, over our state, over our nation, praise God. God is ready to shake this nation up. Amen. If the few disciples in the book of Acts could turn the world upside down, what do you suppose all of us can do if we'll get in one mind and one accord and declare His glory? How many of you preachers have sensed this new wave that's coming, praise God? This new wave. Well, He told me that in October. I'm going to quit saying it's coming. Dear Lord, we're months into this now. Let's just go ahead and say it's here. Say, the new wave is here. Say it again. The new wave is here. And I declare his glory. I want you to stand up right now and we're going to fulfill our assignment. I didn't come to preach a long sermon tonight just to deliver you the word of the Lord. Somebody tell me, because I, I don't know where I'm facing right now, but what's that direction? North, south, east, west? That's south? 
Is that south, Brother Copeland? South? Then that must be north. Where's east? Where's west? I, I don't know where you came from, but you did come from one of those directions. Right? You didn't just drop down in here. Oh, I hope not. Figure out right now where you came from. From the east, the west, the north, and the south. And then you turn in that direction. That's the south. What's this over here? East. If you came from the east, face that way. If you came from the west, face that way. North, that way. South, this way. Now stretch your hands toward that direction. And listen, I want you to say this with some boldness. Let me, let me give you something right here. You just stay like you are. To declare is to speak authoritatively. It is to state firmly. And it is to announce with conviction. So that means we're going to let it rip. <laughs> we're going to speak to the four corners of the earth. Hallelujah. Are you ready? Take a deep breath. And I want you to let it out with everything you've got. And say this, in the name of Jesus. I receive the word of the Lord. Declare his glory. I declare his manifested presence. I declare his manifested power. I declare his manifested goodness over my city. Over my church. Over my home. Over my state. Over my nation. Hear me. I declare his glory. His manifested presence. His manifested power. His manifested goodness. Throughout the earth. Decree the new wave of God's glory is here. Give the Lord a shout, Hallelujah! 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 Thank you, Lord! Thank you, Lord! Thank you, Lord! Thank you, Jesus! Come on, shout and rejoice. Hallelujah. I want you to go home at the end of this convention expecting. Everybody say expecting. Greater manifestations of his presence, his power, and his goodness. I was preaching in Austin, Texas uh, last month. 
And on the way down there, the Lord said, Son, think about it. My manifested presence, power, and goodness is the answer to anything Satan could ever throw your way. Amen. The manifested presence of God. At his presence, his enemies turn back. The manifested power of God. The manifested goodness of God. One night after preaching on this, I went to bed and I was awakened. And it was like, you know, these, uh, these neon signs with, with a message going across it. And I was awakened. I just raised up in my bed and there was like a neon sign. And it said, Acts 10.38. Acts 10.38. Acts 10.38. I said, Lord, that's a great verse. I know that verse. And I laid back down. I was awakened again. Acts 10.38. Acts 10.38. Acts 10.38. I said, Lord, I know what that says. And I laid back down. And I was awakened a third time. Acts 10.38. Acts 10.38. I got up. Even though I know it by heart, I got up and I looked at it again. And he said, son, what do you see when you read that verse? All three of those major characteristics. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. There's the manifested power. Who went about doing good. There's the goodness. Healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. There's the presence. Amen. In the ministry of Jesus, you could say that the ministry of Jesus was to manifest the glory of God in the earth through his presence, his power, and his goodness. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, Robert said, in my living room, he and Evelyn, and I asked him, I said, Brother Roberts, what's the last thing the Lord has shown you? He said, the Lord said, Oh, if you thought you saw miracles under the big tent, he said, son, they're coming back bedtime. You hadn't seen anything yet. Everybody say, big time. Prophet said, the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the glory of the former house. We are in the midst of greater manifestations of his presence, his power, and his goodness. And this world is going to be shaken about. Shaken by. What did the prophet say? And the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. If the knowledge of the glory is covering the earth, that means it's showing up so much that everybody's talking about it. The news media will not be able to stop from talking about it. Hallelujah. That's going to be in our lifetime because it's here. Hallelujah. It's here. And we're going to keep moving into it in greater momentum and greater thrust and I'm telling you we have not had our best days they are here now and you say amen, amen. Let, me, let me wrap it up with this look at this 
In Psalm 96, it said, Declare his glory among the heathen, his wonders among all people, for the Lord is great, and he's greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Give unto the Lord, O ye kindreds of people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth and say among the heathen that the Lord reigns. Hallelujah. The Lord reigns. Everybody say that. The Lord reigns. Hallelujah. Please don't leave here tonight and forget what you've heard and you only declare his glory because I ask you to. Please take it home with you. Preachers, please put it before your congregations. Get your people declaring his glory. And I believe you're going to see things happen in your streets. You're going to see things happen in your cities like we've only dreamed possible before. But it's time because the new wave is here. And you say amen. amen. Look at somebody and say, I will obey. <laughs> and I will declare his glory. Hallelujah. Would you be seated for just a moment? You receive that tonight. Praise God. Bless you. began this, this morning by reading to you from Isaiah chapter 60. Arise, shine, for your light is come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth, and deep darkness the peoples, but the Lord will rise upon you. And I believe, beloved, that you know, we, we have a marvelous opportunity to declare and to release the presence of God and the power of God and the glory of God, the goodness of God. And I encourage you to hear this word tonight. To declare it over your house, over your family, over your kids, over, over, over the church, over the community. Sometimes, sometimes we think, well, we are just in Swan River. How are we ever going to impact Bolivia or Yugoslavia? Declare the glory. You don't have to go to Yugoslavia till you affect Yugoslavia. You just say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare the glory of God over the whole earth. I declare the glory of God over Yugoslavia. I declare the glory of God over my life and over my house. I encourage you, let's do that. Let's do it. I believe God's spoken to us tonight, today, whatever it is. And, and, and brought it to bring us into new places in God. Let's stand together again. Father, we just thank you for your presence and for ministering life to us tonight. We thank you, Father, that you would love us so much that you would minister to us things that would bring us into new dimensions and new, to, new, to greater heights and to greater depths and to, get, to greater breadths in the kingdom of God. And as your people, Father, in this place, 
with the help of the Lord, we would pledge, we will do it. We will speak it. We will declare it. And we will believe that you will bring it to pass. In Jesus' name. Perhaps uh, it, it might be possible that you may be here today and, and maybe no one's ever introduced you to Jesus. But we want you to know that we would be happy to introduce you, to bring you into the kingdom of God, to lead you to know Jesus and to, to bring you to a place where you could experience what we've talked about and what we've heard this morning. We would love to do that at the end of the meeting. If, if you would like to come, we would be happy to spend time with you. Maybe you're here and you'd just like to have someone pray with you and agree with you concerning some need in your life. Again, we have a prayer team up here uh, that will be eager to stand with you and pray and just agree for the blessing of God in your life. So 